Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. So it came down to two topics for today's episode of Casual Talk Radio. And I debated and I thought about it and went back and forth and I decided, ultimately, I think the best target for this episode, and then I'll do the other one on the next one, but I think the best target for this one is feminism. And I know what you're thinking. You're trying to understand why a male would either want to or be in a capacity to Speak about feminism as a topic, and it's because I think that there's a misunderstanding of what we currently call feminism because it's not really true feminism. It's a different type of movement that we have not properly described for what it needs to be in order to get the right attention from the right people. So what I figured I would do is share a definition, core definition of feminism, and provide my thoughts on the definition. For reference, I am referring to the World Book 2021 for the definition of feminism as I describe it. Quote, feminism is the belief that women should have economic, political, and social equality with men. Stop. There's, we have to break that out. Economic equality with men. Here's the flaw in what we've tried to force. Is it true that there is a pay gap between genders? Absolutely. Is it true that the pay gap is always a symptom of a form of discrimination. No. I know that may anger some of you, but follow me. We know that there are certain jobs that women simply will not do or cannot do because of the nature of the job. There are certainly like foremen in the blue collar, and they can be women. But when you talk about the ones who are actually out there lifting 100-pound slats or other types of hard labor things, by and large, statistically, Women don't want to work those jobs or are physically unable to. This is biological fact. It's also statistical fact. You can research that yourself. It turns out that in the blue collar, and I'm specifically targeting blue collar, you can correlate the salary to the level of effort necessary to do that work. So what I'm saying is that if it's harder to do it, so take oil rigs out in the middle of the Pacific or something. If it's harder, higher risk, higher danger, work, those tend to pay higher than the person sitting in a back office counting paperwork. That's why certainly in the 60s and 70s, you saw that the people out in the fields, out in the sun, out doing hard labor, statistically skewed male by and large, and the ones in the back office, the administrative assistants, financial, accounting, management even, skewed female. That's how it's always been. If you fast forward then to retail, I worked retail ever so briefly. I think I was only there for two weeks. In retail, they would rather put women on the cash register as opposed to the stock room. Do you know why? Because there's a bias that they believe that the women are going to hurt themselves by working stock. Here's the thing. 
I, when I was there, I would get an order. Some old lady comes in and she wants a desk and it's like 150 pounds. It's on the very top of the rack and you have to go up and lift it down. And everybody else is a slacker. So yes, it actually is very heavy and you can injure yourself. So there is something to be said about that bias. However, the converse is true or the inverse. They do not want to put males on the cash registers. They want to put males where the work is, which is the heavy lifting. In retail, there isn't very much difference in terms of the money you make. You're largely going to make the same whether you're a cashier or a stalker. Retail is one of the very slim few where it doesn't really matter about the level of effort. There is a gender parity. Where you see gender inequality, by and large, is going to be in healthcare, medical fields, science, for sure. You likely will see it in teaching. I can argue this. You certainly are going to see it in engineering. You definitely are going to see it in mechanical, right, electrical, IT, tech, information technology services. Those are where you're going to see it. Here's the flaw. We can't directly draw a correlation, even if you have the same job title, because in IT at least, the job function is almost always different. What's happened? And to break it down, companies have made job titles generic. Everybody's an analyst of some kind, which I think is garbage, but that's what they do. The reason they do it, and I'll go ahead and spoil it, and I don't care who gets offended, human resources at some point, they in the past were told, no, just create a single job title, fit all your people into it, and create a range of pay. The range gives them salary targets. And as long as your salary fits within that range, to them it's, quote, fair. What they'll then do is they will try to target the middle of that range and not try to go over it. They call this compa ratio. I challenge you to go and research it. Compa ratio has nothing to do with the person. Compa ratio is essentially a scam. What they do is they determine the lowest amount of money they'll pay for that role and the highest amount of money that you'll pay for that role. And for that role, people can fall on either side of the spectrum and to them it's fair because they'll base it on things like your experience. They'll base it on the education of whether they think it's valuable education. They'll base it on how you interviewed. They'll base it on how aggressive you negotiate pay. There's all these factors that go into where you fall on the compa ratio scale. Here's the flaw of that. It is believed that women are less likely to aggressively try to negotiate the salary. I actually agree with this and I don't like it. And I wish women would get more balls, figuratively speaking. I know why they don't because they're afraid of losing the opportunity. Right now, in particular, is the right time to start pushing back on companies who try to lowball you because if you don't ever push back, nothing ever changes. So it, it reminds me of women's suffrage way back yonder, and I'll get to that in a second. But the point is, is that a lot of what goes into the disparity in pay has to do with this compa ratio concept and ranges of pay and the generic job title that has been imposed upon the industry where even with the same job title, you may have drastically different job functions. So I'm not suggesting that there's not a disparity. I am suggesting that Discrimination is not necessarily always the case. And sometimes it's a symptom of the way the industry has tried to change the game and make it less competitive unless you step up and fight for what you really want. Quote, the specific ideas of feminism vary depending on time, place, culture, and other factors. Many feminists challenge traditional gender roles 
and demand increased educational and employment opportunities. Feminists may call for greater involvement of women in politics. They may also focus on issues related to sex and reproductive rights, the prevention of violence against women, and the well-being of women throughout the world. Stop. I actually disagree with everything that I just said. Not, not fully disagree, but I disagree. Let me explain. Let's go piece by piece. Very depending on time, place, culture, and other factors, this is somewhat true but somewhat false. Because, again, we have convoluted the true definition of a feminist. It is true that some feminists are fighting for these things, and it does vary based on time, place, culture, and other factors. The factor that's missing, I know it's the other factors, quote-unquote, but should be called out, is the influence of social media. The influence of social media is what has largely degraded the definition of a true feminist because you have external factors of people who are being influenced by other voices telling them that this is the right answer. So, as I go to then the later sentence, quote, challenge traditional gender roles and demand increased educational and employment opportunities. Challenging the traditional gender roles in the past was not a strong signal of a feminist. Traditional gender roles had nothing to do with it. It was generally accepted that certain in most homes, in certain cases, the man is going to be the breadwinner. However, where it diverged, I believe, is situations where the man cannot do and the woman should be allowed to. That was always a prohibition. They were not allowed to when it suited them. You could have a single mother and that person was expected to basically stay at home. They can't do both. They can't stay home and make money. And so they wanted the opportunity to be able to provide for that child and for themselves, irrespective of where the male was there. However, we saw historically, specifically the 60s and the 50s and so on, that there was an expectation that happiness came correlated to the traditional gender roles. Most women around that time had no problem with the roles that they already had. If they were in a happy home, right, the man is off in the oil rigs or on the railroad and they're doing what they need to do and they're making the money and they're coming back home and they're taking care of house and home. For the most part, those women were perfectly satisfied. Where it started to diverge is the uncertainty of when that person got injured or something else incapacitated. I told a story about my ancestry and finding out that one of my great, great grand uh, uncles, I believe it was, was killed on the rail. He was smashed between trains. Well, we didn't know, I certainly didn't know that happened until I talked to a relative, distant relative, who told me the story. But you can imagine what that person's spouse, great-great-aunt, was going through because now that person is a widow. And now what does that person need to be able to do to take care of themselves? Most of the women in my family actually went into the military. For them, that made sense. But that was unheard of. It was, it was not common to see so many women enlist. It was not common for so many to want to enlist. Many of them were perfectly fine with the home because they were not trying to actually get out and do it. And I'm saying that I don't draw a direct line between feminism and the desire to work. I do draw a line between feminism and the ability to do it should they choose to. I believe it's all around the choice and the, the illusion of choice that was imposed where you're told a thing and it really wasn't the truth and many of them saw through that, that smoke and they realized we want the true choice and we want it regardless of a man, regardless of anything in place. It's different. But there are certainly women out there that are perfectly fine with traditional gender roles who might even classify themselves as feminists because they are all about the choice. 
It's their choice to be housewives, not expected or imposed upon them that they should be based on whatever standards are coming from society. Social media throws a wrench because social media tells you traditional gender role is not the right answer. But if you look at so many celebrities out there right now, what's the first thing they rush to do? Get married. Why? Think about this. What does marriage, if, if we don't have traditional gender roles, what value is marriage other than the financial benefits? And certainly there's those. But most are doing the marriage because of the traditional gender role expectation and the desire that they grew up. Seeing their mother and father, presumably happy, maybe not. And they want the same thing. That is a sign that the traditional gender roles can have an application. And it really was all about the choice rather than external factors imposing the expectation upon someone. And I think that was really the problem. As far as, quote, greater involvement of women in politics, I don't think that's ever been a problem. Where it started to be an issue had nothing to do with women getting into politics. We've seen time and again certain women in politics doing the wrong thing. And certain women wanted to make sure there were opportunities to go higher on the scale. But every time we see that they're screw-ups, not because they're women, but because that's just human. They're, at the end of the day, just as greedy, just as sketchy, just as shady as anybody else you can imagine. Nancy Pelosi, all four members of the freaking squad, right? You know, Kamala Harris, they all have the same flaws. They all have the same issues. Even women that are in high level of visibility, but they're not in politics, like Meghan Markle, you see the flaws in those people when they hit a pinnacle of power. It all comes to surface. This is their true self. This is who they really are. They can tell you everything that they, you want to hear to convince you that they're the right fit. But my point is, it has nothing to do with them being women as to why they're screwing up, simply that they are humans. So I don't draw, draw a line, feminism, to people, women getting in, because it doesn't matter if it's male or woman. I believe most feminists simply want to make sure they can they retain the rights that they should have, that they believe they should have, and the choices that they should be able to do without being imposed upon by anybody, male or female. Feel free to contradict me if you choose. Casualtalkradio.net. Quote, focus on issues related to sex and reproductive rights, the prevention of violence against women, and the well-being of women throughout the world. I believe that this was a symptom it's two parts. I believe that there was a time when that was a core focus of feminism, the idea of reproductive rights, right? Roe v. Wade recently. Do I think that all feminists are, that's all they focus on? No. I believe that there are certain feminists who have been conditioned by social media to simply hate men, but that has nothing to do with reproductive rights because it's not a direct correlation. Again, the whole Roe v. Wade issue goes down to an interpretation of the law. And by the way, there's a woman on that Supreme Court, so I can't draw that line. I think in the past, that was a priority. We saw that. We knew that. We knew about the marches in the streets. We knew about them fighting for that right. I'm saying that the current crop of those that call themselves feminists, it's not really a priority for them. It simply becomes another, basically, talking point of many things. So, in other words, they'll say something like, look at what you did to Roe v. Wade, all you're doing is taking away, and once again, men are getting in my business. To do, to do, to do. It, it all comes back to a hatred of men in the current crop of those that call themselves feminists. So it's not that they're invalid issues. I'm saying that they're being convoluted underneath the guise. Ultimately, people have this hatred of men, and they call that feminism when that was never the intent. And so you lose focus on the problem, and if you lose focus on the problem, you don't have enough ammunition to really fix it. 
Quote, many people regard the emergence of feminism and the resulting changes in the status of women as a turning point in the history of society. Until the early 1900s, women in most countries were denied the right to vote and to pursue their educational career goals. Many societies expected women to devote their time to raising children, preparing food, and cleaning. And I'm going to stop there for today's episode because this repeated what I just said. There was always kind of this underlying expectation that women were going to be homemakers. That expectation still permeates kind of the thought process. But even women themselves accept that as a role. They want the choice to do more. They want the choice to do different. It's not necessarily that they're baby factories or, quote, birthing people, as the government once referred to them as. Rather, they should have the choice of doing whatever they want to do, just like men have that choice as well. Men have the choice to just go off to work and make a living, not have any children with anybody, or have tons of kids. Tons of kids. Women should have the same choice of, I don't want to sit and take care of a kid at home. I want to go and make a career and make a million freaking dollars, right? They want the choice and the power and the ability to do that without being hindered by anybody, really, male or female. I think once you put the glass, the looking glass over top of it, the core definition of feminism has been usurped by certain people who turned it into a hatred of men as opposed to a focus on the real problems that women suffer with all the time. When I saw that whole, quote, birthing people, to try to accommodate a certain group of people who are not women, as a male myself, I get offended because remember, women genetically, women are the one who give birth to every single physical being on this earth, human. So since we accept this, that means no, we should not be trying to change the definition and thus lessen the importance of women in the place of society, but also not take away their choice for what they want to do. They may not want to give birth to kids. They may want to give birth to 20 of them. They may want to go off and work and make a million dollars. They may want to be the next, you know, big executive of a super company and just work on their own. I know tons of people today that are women that are entrepreneurial spirit. They want to be more than just perceived as a homemaker. When you look at Mackenzie Scott, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, Mackenzie Scott, in of herself, I had this argument on the site, once known as LinkedIn, about the fact that nobody knew who Mackenzie Scott was because she hadn't created a brand. It had nothing to do with her. If you look at every news article, she was referred to as, quote, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife because everybody knows Jeff Bezos. Nobody knew who she was because she was not out. She did not put herself out there on purpose. She was kind of behind the scenes. Bezos was the one in front. That was not a shot at her. That's the truth of it. When she separated from Bezos, she started to create her own brand. She started to do things to put herself out in the mainstream. Now, you have to start separating the two. You can no longer refer to her as, quote, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, because that's a disservice to her. There's more to her now because she's created a brand. There are women out there who want to, plan to, are working towards creating their own brand and should be welcomed and celebrated for the courage to do that in a world where it's hard to do it regardless of your freaking gender. It's hard no matter which gender you are. The whole disparities of pay, the disparities of perception, the theory that women are, quote, birthing people, all of these things understand started and will end with social media, as in social media and to a lesser degree mainstream media, 
is using these terms to describe women and women largely have not pushed back when it's not fair, when it's not right, when it's not accurate to describe them as such. And they don't give credit for the women who really are killing it out there. And the women who want to kill it are not given the opportunities to do it. So we see numerous nonprofits spin up. We see numerous startups create that are changing the game that are women owned businesses. Those don't get priority attention. Those don't get focus. Minority owned does. Women owned does not. Understand why that is. It's because in the minds of the people who controlled all of this, they don't even want those categories. They don't want minority owned. They don't want women owned. They don't want anything that gives the semblance that this group is about to succeed or about to kill it. It's not what they want. But I'm stressing to you as I wrap up, there are factors way higher and it has nothing to do with whether somebody is a male or a female. It's not that. It is there are factors above you irrespective of those people's gender holding you back because they don't want that category to succeed. The reason I'm so confident about this, the LGBTQ whatever letter is starting to now suppress the rights of women, where women now are being pushed to the background, just like minorities were pushed to the background over other groups. It's all strategic though. It's cyclical and it's strategic and it's wrong. All I'm saying to anybody listening to me, the core definition of feminism that we used to have from the olden days between then and now has been convoluted, has been usurped, has been broken, largely triggered by social media, just like things like Black Lives Matter and all that garbage, because it's garbage. The social media has taken it over and they turned it into something that makes women look bad. And it's not something you should welcome. I'm not saying don't be a feminist. I'm saying understand the true definition of what you feel as a feminist, if you are one, that it was never about a hatred of men at all and get back to the core focus of regaining and retaining what it is that you feel that you should have, irrespective of who it is that's preventing you from doing it. That's choice. Choice, freedom, your own ability to make your own path irrespective of a man being involved in the journey. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted or you can add it to your platform of choice for now take care and i will see you on our next upload